Hey, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Ladies Promoting Transparent Advocacy Podcast. Ooh-wee. I am your podcast host, Shay Pate. Wow, wow, wow. Today is Wednesday. Wonderful Women Wednesday, and it's September 23rd, 2020. Wow, 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 as I can say. I mean, every single day is just breaking news, breaking news, craziness. But today, we are going to honor an amazing woman, and I'm sure you guys know that that would be uh, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, or Notorious R.B.G. She has done so much, I can't even begin to do a point of a percentage of honoring her, but... I do want to do that, and one of the things I end up doing this morning, unintentionally, was uh, I turned on the news exactly when they were bringing her body um, to the Supreme Court. So what I did is uh, decided to audio tape the beginning of, I guess, it's a private service after what I recorded happened. And she is honored by a rabbi as well as the chief justice. And a lot of things were said at the beginning that I was initially going to say, but I think that the way that it was said probably is best heard instead of my version. So what I'm going to do is play the audio. And after the audio was played, I am going to be joined by a friend of mine out of Pittsburgh. And I've known her for over 40 years. We were already going to do this in honor of her. And ironically, today is the same day that um, they decided to have her body lie and they call it Lion Repose. And of course, making history again, she is the first woman in history to have done that. So she's been historic, whether it's alive or dead. So that proves just how powerful this short lady of so much intelligence is. So what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm going to play the audio because I think it describes her way more in detail and more personable probably because they knew her than I could ever do. And I want to make sure I can do as much justice to this episode as possible. So just listen to the wonderful things that are being said about her. And then when we come back, you will hear what uh, me and my friend out of Pittsburgh have to say about her. And I definitely will at that time uh, say some of the very infamous quotes of hers that I did research on and found. So uh, please listen. That is not the true judge. Adonai Natan, Adonai Lakach, Hishem Adonai Mevorach. God has given, God has taken. Praise be the name of Adonai. Psalm 23. Mismal David Adonai Rawilah Sar, Binodesha Yar Bitsaini, Ame Minuchot in a Haleni, Nafshi Shove, Yanchaini, Vamaket Sadek, the Manshamo. Gankiaf, the gates of Mabit, no 
A psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. God makes me lie down in green pastures. God leads me beside the still waters. God restores my soul. God guides me in the straight paths for God's name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of Adonai forever. Today we stand in mourning of an American hero, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. In a moment, I will speak to what she meant to all of us. But first, I would like to turn to her beloved family. The justice was a mother, a grandmother, and as we all know, had one of the most extraordinary life partners in her beloved Marty. To each of you, to the justice's colleagues, to her law clerks, and to her court family, the country mourns with you and sends you our deepest love and comfort. To be born into a world that does not see you, that does not believe in your potential, that does not give you a path for opportunity or a clear path for education. And despite this, to be able to see beyond the world you are in, to imagine that something can be different. That is the job of a prophet. And it is the rare prophet who not only imagines a new world, but also makes that new world a reality in her lifetime. This was the brilliance and vision of Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. The Torah is relentless in reminding, in instructing, in commanding that we never forget those who live in the shadows, those whose freedom and opportunity are not guaranteed. 36 times we are taught that we must never forget the stranger. 12 times we are told to care for the widow and the orphan. This is one of the most important commandments of the Torah. It is the Torah's call to action. And it is also the promise written into our constitution. As Justice Ginsburg said, and I quote, think back to 1787, who were we the people? They certainly weren't women. They surely weren't people held in human bondage. The genius of our constitution is that now over more than 200 sometimes turbulent years, that we has expanded and expanded. This was Justice Ginsburg's life's work to insist that the Constitution deliver on its promise 
that we the people would include all the people. She carried out that work in every chapter of her life. As an advocate arguing six times before this court for equal treatment for women and men, as a judge on the DC circus, circuit and as a justice on this court, and as a path-marking role model to women and girls of all ages who now know that no office is out of reach for their dreams, whether that is to serve in the highest court of our land or closer to home for me as the rabbi of their community. Nothing could stop Justice Ginsburg's unflagging devotion to this project, not even cancer. Justice Ginsburg, Lador Lador, from generation to generation, we promise to carry forward your legacy. May you rest under the wings of the Shekhinah, knowing that you have tirelessly served us and this great country, the United States of America. Please rise. Exalted, compassionate God, grant infinite rest in your sheltering presence among the holy and the pure to the soul of Ruth Bader Ginsburg who has gone to her eternal home. Merciful one, we ask that our loved one find perfect peace in your eternal embrace. May her soul be bound up in the bond of life. May she rest in peace and let us say, Amen. Thank you, Rabbi Holtzblatt, for those compelling words. Jane, Jim, the entire Ginsburg family, on behalf of all the justices, the spouses of the justices, and the entire Supreme Court family, I offer our heartfelt condolences on the loss of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. That loss is widely shared, but we know that it falls most heavily on the family. Justice Ginsburg's life was one of the many versions of the American dream. Her father was an immigrant from Odessa. Her mother was born four months after her family arrived from Poland. Her 
The mother later worked as a bookkeeper in Brooklyn. Ruth used to ask, what is the difference between a bookkeeper in Brooklyn and a Supreme Court justice? Her answer, one generation. It has been said that Ruth wanted to be an opera virtuoso, but became a rock star instead. But she chose the law. Subjected to discrimination in law school and the job market, because she was a woman, Ruth would grow to become the leading advocate fighting such discrimination in court. She was not an opera star, but she found her stage right behind me in our courtroom. There she won famous victories that helped move our nation closer to equal justice under law, to the extent that women are now a majority in law schools, not simply a handful. Later, she became a star on the bench, where she sat for 27 years. Her 483 majority, concurring, and dissenting opinions will steer the court for decades. They are written with the unaffected grace of precision. Her voice in court and in our conference room was soft. But when she spoke, people listened. Among the words that best describe Ruth, Tough, brave, a fighter, a winner, but also thoughtful, careful, compassionate, honest. When it came to opera, insightful, passionate. When it came to sports, clueless. Justice Ginsburg had many virtues of her own, but she also unavoidably promoted one particular one, humility in others. For example, on more than a few occasions, someone would approach or call me and describe some upcoming occasion or event that was important to them. And I knew what was coming. Could I come and speak? But no, instead, could I pass along an invitation to Justice Ginsburg and put in a good word? Many of you have seen the famous picture of Justice Scalia and Justice Ginsburg riding atop an elephant in India. It captured so much of Ruth. There she was, doing something totally unexpected, just as she had in law school, where she was not only one of the few living, but a new mother to boot. And in the photograph, she was riding with a dear friend, a friend with totally divergent views. There is no indication in the photo that either was poised to push the other off. For many years, of course, Ruth battled serious illness. She met each of those challenges with a combination of candid assessment and fierce determination. In doing so, she encouraged others who have their own battles with illness, including employees here in the court. And she emerged victorious time and again against all odds. But finally, the odds won out, and now Ruth has left us. I mentioned at the outset that Ruth's passing weighed most heavily on her family, and that is true. But the court was her family, too. This building was her home, too. Of course, she will live on in what she did to improve the law and the lives of all of us. And yet, still, Ruth is gone, and we grieve. Let us have a moment of silence for reflection.
Hey, everybody. As I mentioned to you guys, I was going to have one of my closest friends from Pittsburgh. We've been friends for over 40 years. Join me as we celebrate uh, Supreme Court Associate Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And her name is Terry. And I am going to let Terry introduce herself to the audience and also tell you anything she wants you to know about her background. So, Terry, introduce yourself, please. Well, honey, as you know, we will be talking about those subjects because I just want my audience to know that Terry is going to be doing a lot of podcasts with me, probably more than she knows right now, because Terry is an example of what we're all about. We want to be bridges. And right now we call her Butterfly Bridge. Because <laughs> that's what she is. She she gives it to us and she gives it to us in a way that it's so understandable. And it's so funny because I just found something that it describes actually Terry and Justice Ginsburg. I was watching something and somebody said something that was very important. And this also justifies even Terry's introduction of herself because the statement that the person made said, significance is better than being successful. Now, listen to that. And I was like, what? wait, what does that mean? And then they said, look at the two definitions. They said significance means importance or meaning of something. But successful just means accomplishing a purpose. So you can accomplish a purpose, but if it's not significant for a positive cause or important, then what's the point? So I think that Terry is a perfect example of that. And I, and I, I just really want you to make a comment about what I just said. I was first going to ask you if you could repeat um, the phrase. Oh, I'm sorry. The phrase is significance is better than being successful. And she was saying, I'd rather be more significant than successful because significant is, it means importance or meaning of something. But you can be success, successful just by accomplishing a purpose. And one of the examples she said is, I might be successful in cleaning out my closet, but other than it being clean to me, what, what is the significance if the rest of my house is falling apart and I'm about to lose it? And, you know, she was just giving just generic examples of how people don't realize that being successful is fine. But if your success isn't significant and having a positive meaning for other people, then what's the point? Is that really success? It's okay. It's okay. And that's why when I found that, I said, I have to write this down because I need to acknowledge that. Uh, publicly in this podcast because I do see you that way and we see her that way. So it was just appropriate for us to do this podcast together. So I thank you for willing to do this. I know this is new to you and you know I'm a newbie too. So we're going to grow together, girl. We done done a lot in over 40 years. We ain't going to tell the audience that, but <laughs> I'm, a, I'm honored that you were willing to do this. And I'm just going to... um. Let's just have a conversation because, you know, we do that all the time and we can do it for hours at a time. So what I want to do instead of just I initially was just going to read her bio, but I want to just read parts. And then if you want, you can comment on them to see if we can just do it just 
girlfriend conversation like we always do. Are you okay with that? Okay. Well, as you know, audience, there is so much about this lady that I definitely cannot put in one podcast. So I'm just going to do a quick summary because a lot of people that are younger really don't know that much about her. But one thing that you will know is that this woman changed America for women. So I want y'all to keep that in mind. Now, she was born in Brooklyn, New York on March 15, 1933. And her maiden name is Joan Ruth Bader. So she just kicked Joan to the side and became <laughs> Ruth Bader. <laughs> and she ended up marrying one of her Law, law school friends. His name is Martin Ginsburg. She married him in 1954. And she stayed married to him until he died in 2010. Now, she was born German with Jewish um, religion. And out of respect for her, when I started today's podcast, ironically, we were going to do this anyway, but ironically, they had her uh, ceremony on television where the rabbis spoke and then chief justice spoke and out of respect for her religion, I did allow the prayer of the rabbi play at the beginning of this podcast. So for those who may have wondered why I did that, that is the reason because I felt that everything about her was important enough to give her that respect. She's known a lot for so many things, but Women, we know her for fighting against gender discrimination, and she unified what they called the liberal block of the Supreme Court. And facing diversity as a woman, her mother instilled in her the importance of education. And unfortunately, because of how important education was to her mother, it was heartbreaking when I read that literally the one day before her high school graduation from James Madison High School, her mother died from cancer. One day. Uh, I mean, I bet she was doing everything in her power just to make her mother proud because that's what she said her mother instilled in her. Wow. Look how you just brought everything we talked about back into a 360 just with that long just with that conversation we had about bridging that's that's see that's that's amazing well one thing she did though she made sure that she <laughs> fulfilled her mother's wish you talking about education let me just give you a little bit about her educational background she graduated at the top of her class in 1954 from cornell university and then she married her husband, Martin. And in the same year, she put education on hold to start her family and had her first child in 1955. Then she later, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it might've been me, I'm sorry. She later went back to school at Harvard Law, and the sad part about that situation is she was only one of nine females out of 500. Listen to that. I don't even know what percentage that is. What is it? Point zero 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 one. <laughs> so the fact that she was one of nine females in, in law school out of 500, and then they they discriminated against her and told her, First of all, they asked her, what was she doing there? And they had the nerve to tell her that she was taking up a spot for a man. Listen to that. That's right. And you're talking about in the 50s. 
but she didn't care because she kept going. Now she ended up transferring to, now these are all Ivy League schools. She ended up transferring to Columbia School of Law because her husband ended up getting a job offer at a law firm in New York. But that's okay because guess what? She graduated again at the top of her class at Columbia Law in 1959. And the sad part is with all her education and success, and this is way back when women definitely were discriminated against for being women, she couldn't even find a job with all her credentials. She couldn't even find a job because she was a woman. Now think about that. Thank God there was a guy named, he was a judge. He was a U.S. district judge named Edmund Pamir who hired her as his law clerk. Now, here's the irony of that, because after that, she became the first female professor at Columbia to earn tenure. So, you know, they tried and tried to stop her, but <laughs> she wasn't not having it. She wasn't. Thank you. In the kitchen, <laughs> where they have us in the kitchen, <laughs> right, right, and that's that's sad because she even did she she went a step further. She stopped, had kids, and went back. <laughs> now you know she bad when she can stop, have kids, and not just go back. She went back even more powerful, and she decided because of what she was experiencing. She wanted to get more involved in the civil procedure. So she joined Columbia's project on international civil pro uh, procedures. She became, you know, like I said, she became the first professor at Columbia. But then she directed Women's Rights Project of American Civil Liberties Union. And see, right now, the, the, the American Civil Liberties Union is so powerful that I mean, if you guys know anything about unions, that that is is very powerful. And she she joined them in the 1970s. So just imagine she's going from the 50s to the 70s, and all this time she's still hearing about gender discrimination and how she really shouldn't be as powerful as she is. But guess what? She still went on and on. I mean, and she's not that big. This little lady was like, you will not tell me no because I'm a woman. She refused to accept it. Right. And she had other kids after that. So just imagine in between all this success, she still took time out to have kids and be a mother and wife. So, I mean, she was the bring home the bacon, stir it up in the pan. <laughs> I'm telling my age now. <laughs> <clears throat> you're right and you know what let me tell you when I watched the uh, clerks who were standing when they were carrying her body to the uh, Supreme Court today they had 120 120 people who had worked with her throughout the years and a lot of them are judges now they wanted to be honorary pallbearers because that's how much she impacted her life in a positive way. 120. They were standing on the Supreme Court steps. I was like, wow. And, you know, they were talking to two of them, and uh, Abby and uh, Jillian, and they were saying that one of her, they were talking about her lifetime of advocacy and gender equality. 
And they said that she was the last justice on the court, which I did not know, <laughs> that um, that spent time as a legal advocate for equality. And the only other person that did it happened to be Thurgood Marshall. Now, I don't know about you, but I thought that's what all the Supreme Court justices. <laughs> yeah, I was shocked to read that. Yes, they said that other than Thurgood Marshall, which we know he had a lot of other things, being black for one, that he had to deal with, that she was the only one that was really even caring about uh, equality. I mean, come on. I thought that was the whole point of the Supreme Court. But as we keep seeing, it obviously isn't. And, you know, she ended up being, I remember when Sandra Day O'Connor became the first female uh, Supreme Court justice, Ruth ended up being the only woman after she retired. You know, so she felt that she had to be the model for women and girls around the world and to live a life that reflected her legal vision. You know, I was really, I was really, um, I was really sad and happy at the same time when they were talking about her. I was sad that she was so great and didn't get the respect she deserved. But I was happy because it didn't matter. She just kept going. I mean, she literally kept going till she couldn't go anymore. And even right now, look how they're trying to break their neck. She hasn't even had her burial and they're trying to fill her seat like immediately. And see, that is when you know how powerful you are. I mean, because within 28 hours of her death. <laughs> so I would like to get your opinion on what's going on with that. If you want to give your opinion about what you feel is happening right now, you know, with her being gone, you know, the election coming up and the Supreme Court, if things go the way that they're saying and the conservatives take over the Supreme Court, this is going to affect everybody, even though a lot of listeners don't realize that things that big affects everything. What's your opinion about what's going on? You can speak in any. Go ahead. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. There's some piping going on. I'm sure y'all can hear it in the background. There's construction. Give me one second. We're just going to pause for one second, okay? I apologize, y'all, for the noise in the background. Go ahead, Terry. Finish your, your thoughts. You know what? I'm glad. I'm sorry. Right. And I'm glad you put it out there and explained it to people like that, because in all honesty, I have talked to people who have no clue of who their officials are and they don't even care. <laughs> but yet they're complaining about when they go to the voting ballot, they just pick a name and you you put it in great perspective. People really do need to, I tell them all the time, do your research. You don't have to trust me. You don't have to trust Terry. You don't have to trust anything we say. We're giving you the information and it's up to you to go and verify what we're saying. Because unfortunately, as they call it, fake news, there's a lot of that going on. So I'm so glad that you broke 
broke that down, the importance of that. And one of the other things I always keep telling people, which I'm going to be honest, I didn't realize how important the census was other than just being counted. But as far as how it does change the congressional seating, I did not know that until recently that it does affect it. A lot of people don't know that. And I'm glad you can break it down to the everyday person so they can understand how it does affect them. Wow. I'm glad you mentioned that because I don't think that a lot of people would think like that. I think they would think, oh, well, she's not here, so we don't count her. So that's good that you said that because a lot of people did not know that. <laughs> right. And I cheat, I tell people, people are like, oh, I threw that away. I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah, why would you do that? I mean, if you're not sure of what it is, at least try to find out before you throw it away. They see senses. Oh, I, that don't mean nothing. It does. <laughs> right. Right. And a lot of people don't realize that. And that's why this election and this process is about to happen. People better pay attention because when things are changed, they are changed forever for, well, I won't say forever, but usually forever. <laughs> and when you, <laughs> well, you done broke everything down as best as you can. And now you see why I had her do this show, y'all, because she knows how to, I tell her all the time, girl, you break it down for the remedial and the intelligent. <laughs> huh? Oh, that's sincere. And I just wanted to say thank you. I really, I mean, we could go on and on as you know we can. So that means you're going to have to come on and do a couple more episodes. And I'm trying to convince her to do her day. But as we go on, we're going to work out some agenda because you're going to hear from Miss Terry a whole bunch on this podcast. And I just want to say thank you. And I really appreciate you doing this. And I know it was, you, you can't tell it's your first because, I mean, it's just a conversation we have all the time and I always tell you you do things in such a great order that I appreciate that because even in our conversations I like how you can pull me in and most people can't and you can you can pull me in to help help me listen because one of the key things as we always say you got two ears and one mouth and you should be listening more than talking so I really want to say thank you Terry for doing this podcast today and I am so grateful that you were able to do it in such a short notice but I just felt we needed to honor this woman because she has done so much and it's especially for women. I mean, if it wasn't for her doing a lot of what she did, and even though she stopped and had babies and got married, she got back up and she kept remembering how important education is. And she just kept doing it and doing it and would not accept no. So I am grateful that we were able to just do a small tribute to her, but also let the listeners realize how important voting is and how important filling out that census is. So you guys better make sure you go on and get registered if you're not. But if you are registered, go and vote. I don't care how you get there or what you need to do to get there. You guys need to vote. So before I close out my podcast, I'm going to ask Terry, is there anything else you'd like to say before we end? Me too. Oh, that's good to know. 
Wow. Thank you, girl. Well, I'm going to end this podcast and I just want to tell everybody, I really appreciate you guys for listening. We need you to follow us, not just on Podbean, but on all the other podcast apps. We are on Apple iTunes. We are also on Google Play, Spotify, Alexis, TuneIn, and Pandora. So um, follow us on Twitter. We are at Advocacy Ladies, capital A is in Advocacy, capital L is in Ladies. If you want to call us and talk about our podcast or call in and give us some suggestions, because as I said, Terry is going to be a regular, whether she know it or not, but she is. Uh, just uh, hit us up at 404-855-7723, or you can email us at podcasthostshapetay19.com at gmail.com and you know I like to end my podcast with the question what do you have to say thank you for listening <laughs>